I don't even know what the name of it is. Ticket to Ride. Ticket to Ride, yes. That's exactly and, what it is. and Cody kills us every time. I don't know about that. Oh, Parker doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> he rarely wins. I come from a fairly broken background and um, the opportunities that The Rock has given me and the trust that The Rock has in me as a volunteer is just um, incredible. I love um, being in, now in a leadership role, I love giving others the opportunity to serve Christ. Um, and I love just watching how Christ changes lives. So I think that's what compels me to serve. So I think part of the reason why I do enjoy serving and do enjoy going to church is because I'm not forced into it. And it's really my choice every Sunday if I do want to serve or if I don't want to serve at all. And that flexibility doesn't really push me away from it. It's, I don't see it as like a chore. I see it as I get to go to service every Sunday and serve with uh, my peers and people I know I can count on, and so I believe that's why. Unbelievable experience you have when you're there on Friday night and you're setting, you're setting up for Toys for Joy and there's families getting in line at 3.30 in the afternoon. And it's just, it's unbelievable. Just, and they're there, they're not, this, some of the kids, this might be the only toy they get. And uh, it's, it's pretty powerful. Welcome everybody. My name is Marcus, a campus pastor at the Rock Church Point Loma. How many of you guys excited to be in the church today? Yes. Man, that choir was awesome. Wow, what a way to start off the day. I love this time of year. How many of you guys are with me? All right. You start to hear Christmas a little bit. Now, there's an argument going around in our house right now. And it's the, is it too early or is it not? Right, so I got a couple kids already on their Pandora Christmas play, uh, playlists, right, and the other kids rolling their eyes, but I don't know how it is your house, but this time of year is really, really nice, and I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving, all the turkey and tamales, well, we do a little bit different in our house, <laughs> Christmas around the corner. I'm going to try to make you guys feel uncomfortable today. So just be ready. The message is called Save the Serve. And like this family right here that was just highlighted, I want you guys to feel challenged today. Because the, the fact is most here aren't really serving. Most are coming. Are, are you guys with me? Right? And most that are coming come now and then, once in a while. So I'm going to challenge everybody today, everybody to step your game up. So if you're one of those who just come now and then, I'm going to challenge you to come consistently. And if you're those that, that come but you're not serving, I, I want you to feel uncomfortable today. I'm going to hope this message prods you and pokes you and gets you 
motivated to serve. So that's the point of today's message. It's called Save to Serve, and my hope is that when all of us leave today, we will consider stepping our game up. My parents this month are celebrating 50 years of marriage. Yes. Amen. We got friends coming from all over. My mom's Panamanian. My dad's Mexican. And so we got friends coming from Panama. I grew up in Fort Bragg, Fayetteville, North Carolina. Any North Carolina people here? Right? All right. Let's meet for sweet tea afterwards. You and me. You and me. So this year they're celebrating 50 years of marriage. And I, I was really, really fortunate, you guys, because I saw my parents have a strong, godly marriage, a marriage that I wanted to emulate. And I know their marriage has not been successful without them deciding to serve one another. And if you're married here today and you're going through difficulty, try serving one another. Books are good. Therapy is great. All that sounds great. But you know what's better is just serving your spouse. Can I hear amen? When I got married, I was inspired by my parents' relationship. And I remember chasing after my wife. This was about 20 years ago. Now, my wife, I was crazy about her for years. Tracy and I went to San Diego State together. She studied accounting and I studied rarely. <laughs> and a friend of mine who played on a football team introduced us, and I remember seeing her, and I, I liked her for years and years and years and years. But there was a little problem. Here's the problem. I'm going to confess. The problem was she was one of my best friend's girlfriends. I know. So I had to like, oh, this is not good. This is not good. And I said, well, you know what? I, I, I got to hands off. Finally, they broke up. I'm like, this is good. This is good. This is really good. Then he decided to move away to Montana. I'm like, this is really, really good. And I remember before that, because once he was moving to Montana, he asked me, hey, do you want to help me move? I'm like, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Absolutely. I kid you not. We packed up that Chrysler LeBaron. We drove from here to Montana, dropped off his stuff. I flew back. The day I flew back, I called Tracy. Because after you're broken up for a couple years and you move to Montana, the guy code is off. During that time, during that time when they broke up, we, were, we had a group of friends, and I remember... We were going to go visit Tracy to do something, and, and it was me and Jason, her ex-boyfriend at the time, and my ex-friend, <laughs> currently. We went to stop by to say hello or something, and, and she lived in some condos that had about a 12-foot gate that you had to get into right here in, in Mission Valley. And I remember he put in the code and, and was waiting for her, but I was real anxious to see her. But it was my secret. He didn't know I was crazy about her. And I remember just waiting and kind of like just anxious and he's just waiting patiently. And there was the gate. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to climb the gate. 
So I climbed the gate. It's about 10, 11 feet. And I get to the top. And I start to reach over. And my foot gets down on the handle. The handle slips and I fall about 10 feet to the ground. Boom. Yes, oh no. Hit my face and it's bleeding. I'm dizzy. And I hear little footsteps come around the corner. And it's Tracy. And at first I'm like, oh man, you big dummy. Here I am trying to impress her. Right, and I'm on the ground, dizzy, bleeding, and I thought it was a horrible, horrible decision until she comes around the corner and she sees me, and she goes, oh, no. And she gets down, and she puts my head on her lap, and I think this is the first time she touched me on purpose, and she gets my head, and she starts soothing my face and cleaning up my blood and I look on the other side of my fence the fence locked out it's Jason (laughs) but one of the things I loved about my wife is my wife is a servant my wife loves people she's the sweetest girl that I ever met and when I got married to her I was so excited to get into the marriage, but I soon realized how selfish I was. Can I hear an amen here, men? Like when I got married to her, it was like, okay, Lord, she's beautiful. She's smart. She loves you. She's funny. She's athletic. She's sweet, right? There's all these lists, these beautiful things. Lord's like, yeah, that's right. I didn't think, Lord, I can't wait to get married so she can just break me down emotionally and I can see how selfish I am. That wasn't on the list. But in 17 years of marriage, I've had to learn to serve. And I'm still learning because it doesn't come supernatural to me. But if I don't serve my wife and I don't serve my family, I miss out on the blessings and so does my family. We are called to serve. We are called to put others first. We are called to love people. And my challenge today is to prod us to serve one another. It's to push us to love one another, to put each other first. If you can open up your Bibles to the book of Joshua, I'll give you a minute to get there. It's right before Judges, right after Deuteronomy. It's the book of Joshua, if you could find that. And we're going to be in chapter 1 and 2. Joshua chapter 1, we're going to read verse 1 and 2, and then go to another verse. It says this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Then, now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. Let's pause there and we'll come right back to it. Here's the scene. Here's the scene. Moses has led his people through the desert for about 40 years. So a trip that could have taken maybe a month or two has taken 40 years because of their complaining. 
because of their saying, oh, Lord, it was better back when we were in Egypt. We had better food and this and that when they were slaves. And God pulls them out. And the constant complaining took that short trip, and it lasted 40 years. Now it's 40 years later, and they're right in front of where they need to be. Now Moses has passed away. Moses did not get to take them into the promised land. So the Lord talks to Joshua, who was one of uh, Moses' uh, uh, protégés, and says, look, you're the guy that's going to lead my people into the promised land. So Joshua now had to make a decision, right? Is he going to lead faithfully, or is he going to have fear? How is he going to lead these people? So let's pick up that story again, and let's go right now to verse 6. These are the words that God told Joshua. Verse 6 says this, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Seven, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful whatever you do. Do not let this book of law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Verse 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and what? Be strong and what? Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The first point I want to make today about serving God is that serving God rejects fear. So if you're taking notes, that's the first point today. We want to have three simple points. Serving God what, you guys? Serving God what? Let's take a look at that Joshua 1.9 again. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Serving God rejects fear. The enemy is the devil, and he hates you. And he hates me, and he's a liar. And he wants you and us not to serve God. Can I hear amen? So he tries to trick us, and he tries to put fear in our hearts. In order for you to serve the Lord, the first thing you need to do is reject fear. What are the reasons that you are not serving God today? What are the reasons that you are not serving one another today? Whatever they are, they're probably based in fear. I don't have enough time. I'm not good enough. I'm not capable. Nobody wants me to. I'll fail. I won't have time for myself. I don't know what it is. The enemy's too big. But serving the Lord, you guys, will require you to reject fear, and it will get rid of fear in your life. And let me tell you guys, we know this, but fear is not from God. Can I hear amen? Fear is from the enemy. These guys, Joshua and the two spies we're going to talk about in a little bit, they had to go, you know what? Certainly we can go there and conquer this land and it's dangerous because it will be a war. And in war, death happens. 
And in war, pain happens. You know what? It's going to be a lot safer here. We've been here for 40 years. We know how to live in this state. We know how to live in this condition. We've figured it out. You know, that's some of us here today where God has something for us, a great unknown, something special, something miraculous. But we're going, you know what? I'm comfortable where I am here. I know how to live with this pain. I know how to live in this dysfunctional relationship. I know how to live being selfish. I'm okay. I've done it for 40 years. I'm all right. And God is telling you here today to be strong in what? He wants you to be strong in what? Be strong and courageous. Don't let those lies of the devil that fills your head dictate your behavior. Preaching, every time I preach, the enemy starts to stir up stuff in my house. Just extra spiritual attacks. And my wife and I have been through it a lot and we recognize it, but it's still hard, right? This week, my kids are very sick. Today, my wife calls me just maybe 30 minutes ago and my nine-year-old son, Marco, who's very sensitive and loves the Lord, he's crying to his mom hysterically. And his mom goes, what's, what's going on, Marco? What's going on? He goes, the enemy, the devil is inside my head. And he's scared. And he's frightened. And the devil wants to discourage my nine-year-old son, making him think bad thoughts, bringing up bad memories. And we prayed and he stopped crying. But it's just the trick of the devil. How is the devil inside your head today? What is he telling you? What lies is he telling you? This is what I share with you today. Don't believe the lies of the devil. Don't believe his lies. There's two group, basic groups of people here. One is they're Christians, people who have committed their life to the Lord. And then there's others who are seeking. You guys follow me? Where you're coming to church and you, and you don't know. If you're a Christian, don't believe the lies of the devil. If you haven't made a decision to serve the Lord today, we're going to give you that opportunity later. But still, don't believe his lies. That you're not good enough. That God doesn't love you. That you're not wanted. So here they are, right, ready to move forward. Let's take a look at where they are right now. Here's a, here's a map. So uh, hopefully this will kind of come to life. But that dot that's big is Jericho. That city, Jericho, is where they're going to go and have their first battle and where we're going to meet Rahab here in a moment. You see that dotted line right next to Jericho? That's the Jordan River. They're going to have to cross that Jordan River in order to go defeat Jericho. And they're just to the right of that Jordan River, about to cross over the Jordan River and to take Jericho. That's where we are map-wise right now. Let's go to Joshua 15, Joshua 2, chapter 2, verses 15 to 19, and pick up the story. So they have now gone two spies that Joshua sent, and these two spies says, I'm ready to go, send me. So these two guys ready to serve God, and they're serving God by serving others. They know that serving God rejects fear, and now they're going to go. So they go into the walls, and they go into the house of this lady called Rahab that lived within the walls of Jericho. 
Now, this lady Rahab isn't your typical woman you think you're going to find as a hero of the faith. Because the lady Rahab, not only did she live in Jericho, not only was she not one of God's children, but the lady Rahab they're going to run into is a prostitute. So this isn't the person you think, wow, look at this great hero of the faith. Look at this great person that God's going to use. You know, God is so good, you guys. Let me tell you, regardless of the condition that you came in today, he loves you. Regardless of the sins of your past, he loves you. Regardless of what you did last night, he loves you. But here's the deal. He loves you so much, he doesn't want you to stay the same. So now they go into this house and they get protected by this lady named Rahab who's a prostitute. But she tells them this. Hey, guys, listen up. I know who you are because I've heard about your God. And I know your God is going to destroy our people. So can you please protect us? Can you please remember me and my family? And they say, you know what? We'll remember you and your family. We're going to take care of you guys. So she comes in. She brings them to the house. They come looking for them. She tells them they're not there. She lied to them. Right? She's, she's, a, she's like a new, fresh, pre-believer right now. She's just trying to live. But she puts herself on the line for God's people. She makes a huge step of faith to say, you know what? I'm going to put myself in a spot where my life could be in danger to serve you. So now we're going to pick that story up now at verse 15. Chapter 2, verse 15 says this. So she let them down by a rope through the window. For the house she lived in was part of the city wall. Now she had said to them, go to the hills so the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there three days until they return. And then go on your way. The men said to her, this oath you made to us swear will not be binding on us unless when we enter the land you have tied, listen to this, a scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you have brought your father and your mother, your brothers, and all your family into the house, if anyone goes outside of your house into the street, his blood will be on your head. We will not be responsible for anyone who is in the house with you. His blood will be on your head if his hand is laid on him. Verse 15 now talks about how her plan is to get these guys down. The second point of today is very simple. is serving God reveals faith. Serving God. What does it do, guys? Serving God reveals faith. If you can jump with me to James. Actually, you don't have to jump to me. We'll put it up there. But I'm going to go now to James chapter 2. And read to you guys a really cool verse in James chapter 2. And we're going to do verse 25 and 26. James chapter 2. Verse 25 and 26. 25 says this. In the same way was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she, had, what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them in different direction. As the body, listen to this guys, verse 26, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. 
as the body without the spirit is dead, guys, so is faith without works is dead. Rahab had enough faith to take action. Are you guys following me? It's good to say we have faith. But if that faith doesn't come with action, what's the proof of your faith? Now, works doesn't save you. Let me be clear. Are you guys following me? I am not saved by what I do. But if I have faith, I will do stuff. Are you guys following me? What value is my faith if it has no works? What value is it to tell you I love you if I don't do anything to help you? What value is it that I believe in God and I don't live for the Lord? Rahab had faith, but she took action. Serving God reveals our faith. Rahab had faith. Joshua had faith. And these men had faith as well. I'm going to show an illustration right here that talks about faith without works is dead. So we're going to bring out a couple young men that brought their pets here to church. They brought their pet fish, and we're on budget cuts at the Presado home, so we can't afford real dogs, but we can afford a Mylar balloon and helium. So these fish right here represent Christians, and the helium in them represents works. So as these fish have helium, they can do stuff. They can fly around. They can swim in the air. Watch out, because that one had a lot for breakfast today, so I'd be very careful <laughs> with that one. There was a lot of fish food. So these fish can do certain things. Because inside of them, they've got something that keeps them afloat. Now, if these fish did not have anything in their lungs, they would look like this. You guys see this right here? What value is this? What is this worth? How much, how much is this fish enjoying being alive? Are you guys following me? All right, we can, you can put your pet fish away if that one never comes back. <laughs> that one's like, I'm out of here. I am out of here. So here, look at this. I can take a remote control with this fish. I can put it in the air. Here's the point. Just like faith without works is dead, just like a body without the spirit is dead, is exactly how faith without works is dead. My question is, which fish are we here today? Are we those fish Then they actually do something because they're powered doing something? Or are we this fish here? Sure, it's a fish. It has no work. It has no power. It has nothing inside of it. It's not doing anything to help anybody. Check out this slide right here. Characteristics of bodies after death. 
We've got liver mortis, rigor mortis, algal mortis, and putrefaction. Liver mortis is when you die, this discoloration of the sin, I mean of the skin. In other words, your body gets ugly. Rigor mortis, your body gets stiff in the joints and muscles, so it gets stiff. Algal mortis is a change in body temperature, and it becomes room temperature. In other words, it becomes like everything else and everybody else. Putrefication is a process of decay or rotting in a body. You ever been around a dead body? They stink. Look at these characteristics. The skin gets discolored. The body gets stiff. It becomes room temperature like everything else. And it becomes stinky. Is that our faith today? If you are not serving, faith without works is dead. How's your faith to people? Is it blessing others? Or is it just keeping you in church? Faith without works is dead. How do you want your faith to be? How do you want your spiritual condition to be? Point three. As we go to Joshua chapter six. Joshua chapter six. And we're going to be in verse 22 and 20 through 25, Joshua chapter 6. Verse 22 says this. Joshua said to two men who had spied out the land, go into the prostitute's house and bring her out and all who belong to her in accordance with your oath to her. So the young men who had done the spying went in and brought out Rahab. Her father and mother and brothers, all who belonged to her, they brought out the entire family and put them in a place outside the camp. Then they burned the whole city and everything in it. But they put the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron into a treasury of the Lord's house. 25. But Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her because she hid the men Joshua and the spies that he had sent to Jericho. And she lives among the Israelites to this day. Here's the third point, you guys. Serving God remains forever. Let's take a look at this next verse right here. Rahab. Listen, this is, this is the genealogy of Jesus. Solomon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse. If you go down that line, you will see where Jesus came from. Listen to this, you guys. Because of that act, Rahab not only saved herself. Are you guys following me? Rahab saved the whole family. By you serving God, you guys, not only is it going to help save you, but you know what? It's going to help people around you, your family, your neighbors, by serving them. By serving the Lord, her whole family was saved and serving God remains forever. This is what happened to Rahab. Rahab's story is in the book of James. It's in the book of Matthew. It's in the book of Hebrews. It's in the book of Joshua. Why? Because she took a step of faith and served. Not only that, she is forever in the lineage of Jesus. 
from a woman of the night to somebody that's in the lineage of Jesus. Serving God remains forever. The things you do for the Lord, you guys, will remain forever. This is not like the temporary things we do where they will pass away. The things we do selfishly will pass away. But serving God will remain forever. Find opportunities to serve. Find opportunities to get plugged in. Toys for Joy is right around the corner. If you are not serving, I want you to ask yourself this question. Why? If you have not signed up to serve, I want you to ask this question, why am I not doing it? For some of you guys, it's impossible and that's okay. Are you guys following me? Some of you guys can and you just haven't done it. This is my challenge to you. Sign up today. All the instructions are there in your bulletin. You can go to the website. Sign up today. If you haven't taken a couple dollars to buy some kids some presents, and this time, I want you to ask your question, why? And if you haven't done it, do it. If you're not serving here at the church, I want you to ask this question to you, why? Some of you guys, it's impossible and that's okay. But some of you guys can and you just don't. You are missing out if you aren't doing it. God wants to bless you. God wants to bless others. My son plays high school football, and he had his varsity game Friday night, and they played well. They won the league championship, so now they're going to the playoffs. That's super exciting. But we went Thursday to the freshman game because we like to support the freshmen as well. And they got their butts kicked. They lost like 40-something to zero. They got destroyed. But I'm going to show you the last play of the game. The last play of the game... They had a chance to bless Matthew. Because Matthew is kind of a team manager. You guys following me? Matthew goes every day, but he, he can't get on the field really. Matthew goes every day and serves and helps out with water and helps pick up. Matthew, when he was about the age of 10, came down with pneumonia and, 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 and escalated and since then hasn't been able to walk. Didn't move for about a year. Now he's in a wheelchair. He's in a wheelchair for about four years. But he goes every day to practice. And he's a part of that team, and he helps out. And the last play of the season, this happened with Matthew. If you can just watch the video, they're about to queue up. Matthew will never forget that moment. It will remain forever. Those kids will never forget that moment. They will never forget chasing Matthew all the way down, pushing him in. The parents will never forget that moment. I will never forget that moment. And it all happened because someone saw an opportunity to serve somebody. 
It all happened because someone saw an opportunity. Let's do this for Matthew. So you're missing out. If you're not serving, God's going to do his stuff. You guys following me? If you don't tithe, you don't give, God's going to do his stuff. You don't need our, our cash. If you don't do this, God doesn't need your toys. But if you're not plugged in and you're not serving, you guys are missing out. And you serve God by serving others. And we're going to close up right now. And I'm going to give a chance for those who have not committed their life to the Lord to very simply say, you know what? I want to serve God. I want to give my life to him. And then we're going to go in communion have a time of communion. You guys can bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord, I just pray for all the hearts right now, God. I pray that you would move and you would touch hearts and lives. And I pray for all those who have not yet decided to fully give their lives to you, Lord. I pray for them right now, Lord, that you would start beating in their heart. That you would start to get nervous and they would say, I want this. I want to serve you, God. I know, God, that serving you, that rejects fear, and I know it reveals faith, and I know it remains forever, and I want that in my life. So if that's you here today, you want to make a commitment to God saying, I want to be your son. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, simply say this prayer in the privacy of your heart. It doesn't need to be out loud. Just say, dear God, forgive me of my sin. I want to be your child. I want to serve you. I want to serve others. Forgive me my selfishness. Forgive me of all my lies and all my wrongs. I give my life to you. I give my heart to you. I give my everything to you. Come into my heart and make me yours. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed and a count of three, I'm going to just ask you to stand up. There's nothing weird. We just want to encourage you and pray for you. If you prayed that, Reject the fear that the enemy is giving you right now. Forget that voice and be willing to boldly stand up on the count of three. If you want to give your life to the Lord today, he's waiting for you. On the count of three, stand up. One, two, three, just stand up. Amen, amen. Keep standing. Who else? Keep standing. Amen, amen. Amen. Keep standing. Just stay standing. Amen. Stay standing. Amen. Stay standing. Stay standing. Amen, amen. Who else throughout the room? Amen, amen. Amen. We see you up there too. Stay standing. Amen. 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 Stay standing. We're going to pray for you here. We're going to put up a slide here that we want you guys to respond to. And after the service, we'll have a whole team right here that wants to pray for you. Please remain standing. Remain standing over there. Amen. Amen. Lord, I bless that you bless these people. Just reach out your hands toward them. Touch them, Lord. Make them new. Make them yours, Lord. And thank you for welcoming them into the family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. You guys can have a seat. If that was you today, make sure you connect with us afterwards. We're going to put a, a slide up there as well that you can text your information to us. And now we're going to move into a time of communion. If you did not receive your communion cup, let us know. We're going to receive a time of just spending time together, focusing on what God has done for us. Thank you. And just for the next minute or two, our pastoral support team is going to come up and they're going to lead us in a little bit of music there as we kind of recalibrate. I know most of us are Christians here. I just pray that you would use this time to connect to the Lord, 
to take a look at the things in your life right now that need to be adjusted, that need to be tweaked, that need to be taken to him. So just for the next minute or two, just right there, if you're with your spouse, maybe you need to connect with your spouse. Maybe you need to say, I'm sorry. Maybe you need to get refocused, but let's just take this next minute or so to just sit before the Lord quietly and and recalibrating our lives for him. something a little different before we take this find someone next to you whether you know them or not introduce yourself and for the next minute not be longer than that ask them how you can pray for them I know it's uncomfortable but too bad introduce yourself ask them how you can pray for them and take 30 seconds to pray for that person and take the next 30 seconds to pray for the other person this is what community is about it's getting to know each other carrying each other's burdens and in Luke chapter 22 verse 19 says this and he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to them saying this is my body given to you do this in remembrance of me so if you're a believer today and if you're not a believer I ask that you don't partake in this with us until you make that decision to serve the Lord once you've done that we encourage you to do that but you don't want to accept his body and his blood and then reject it but if that's you today you accept the Lord we just ask that you pull out the bread and let's remember what God did for us on that cross giving up his body for us let's take the bread verse 20 then says in the same way after the supper he took the cup saying the cup is the new covenant of my blood which is poured out for you. This represents you guys. This represents the blood that was shed just so we can forgive us today, make us new, so we can do this together remembering him. 
Why don't we take them to come? Let's welcome Pastor Jason who's going to close us out. Pastor Jason. Pastor Marcus gave us a lot to think about this morning, didn't he? A call to action to serve. Commend those that are serving, those that aren't. I want to encourage you to do so, to get involved, to serve. There's nothing like walking through life with others, coming alongside, meeting needs, and serving others. The greatest example, Jesus, we can take that to heart. Our lives are about story. So many of us have a story. I have a story. You have a story. We want to invite up someone from Rock Solid Ministry. He is a guy that has been in the safety ministry for a number of years, has a story just like many of us. And so would you welcome up Kelly Gaffrey? Kelly, come on up, bud. Kelly looks good, doesn't he? Especially in that safety shirt. Man, I got to get me one of those. Kelly, it is a good looking shirt. Share with us. Well, thank you, Pastor Jason. It's uh, a little nervous being up here, folks, so appreciate you putting up with me. They approached me and asked me to share a few thoughts about how serving in the Rock Safety Ministry has impacted my life. As you can tell by the color of my facial hair, I'm not a young guy. I've been a Christian for many years. I've been at the Rock for just about two years now. And it was a year ago last summer when I took the step of faith, the first step of faith, and I took the life class. And a lot of the reason why I did that was because of people that already serve here. I sit in the same seat in the same section every Sunday, and that's because of Jim in the hospitality ministry, a man of God who always has a word of encouragement and a prayer. Also Tom, who serves in the hospitality ministry, who I met through the care counseling program. And it's been a struggle this week trying to put into finite words what an infinite God has done in my life. But God's always faithful, and so I was reading in the Psalms this morning, This verse really struck my heart, and I'd like to share it with you. This is in Psalm 26, verses 7 and 8. That I may proclaim with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all your wondrous works. Lord, I have loved the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. And I don't know about you, but Sunday is my favorite day of the week. I get to start it here at the first service, and then I'm blessed to serve with the 6 o'clock safety ministry at the end of the day when the young people fill this area in front of the altar. You want an experience, come to the six o'clock service and see the kids worship at the six o'clock service. So the bottom line is, as Pastor Marcus shared today, don't let fear hold you back. Don't let your past hold you back. Don't let anything hold you back. God has an amazing plan for your life and you're only gonna realize that plan when you take a step of faith. It's often said that discipleship is caught and not taught. And I can tell you that serving here at The Rock, it's the same thing. Because it was a passion that I caught from Jim. It was a passion that I caught from Tom and so many others that led me to not only take the life class, but to commit to serve in a ministry. Because when you serve, yes, you get blessed. But the greatest blessing comes when somebody else catches your passion and they in turn come to serve alongside of you. Thank you for your time today. And thank you, Kelly. Thank you all. Rock safety as well. Appreciate that. A lot of nuggets there. Life class. You can get involved today, 2 o'clock. Care counseling ministry. If you're in need, we have counselors that want to walk alongside you. Our pastor, pastoral support team 
right down front here. We'd love to meet you, greet you, and pray with you. A nugget of serving. Another nugget is of giving. We have an opportunity this morning to give. You, you can give old school right here in this envelope. And on your way out, you can place it in the boxes upon your exit. You can also give online. And you can also text to give. Part of a byproduct of Kelly is the rich resources in this church. So I encourage you to give and to give generously. Your gifts, your tithes, your offering expands the kingdom. It allows people to experience Jesus such as Kelly has experienced and living it out. So let's pray into these tithes. Let's pray into these offerings. Lord, use them for your honor. Use them for your glory. Expand your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Have a great sun Sunday. Don't, don't forget, pray for our election on Tuesday. Bye-bye.